In today's program, we're going to talk about Shift Happens with Marion Franklin. Welcome to Coaching for Potential with Rory Rowland. Join national presenter and consultant Rory Rowland as he discusses another aspect of powerful coaching and how it transforms people to improve your organization. Welcome to Coaching for Potential with Rory Rowland. Hello, Rory. Hey, Paul. It's great to be here. Thank you, my friend. I'm glad you're here and we get to talk to our friend, Marion Franklin, again. I'm That's excited exactly about this. right. And uh, she's the author of The Heart of Laser-Focused Coaching. She's also a master certified coach. And when we talked to, to her the last time about her co- book, um, one of the things she talked about was when shifts happen. And one of the things that we discovered with that is, let's talk about shifts. What, how do we get mental shifts to occur? And so we actually went kind of through the process with her on how to get those mental shifts to happen. And I think it's a powerful tool. And, and as a coach, uh, we really want to... Uh, get people to shift how they work. I'll just give you a real quick example. I was working with a person. Um, she didn't want to take her responsibilities of managing people. We backed up and really dug into what was happening, what was her mental mindset. And really it was she didn't know how to coach effectively. We worked more on that. And then guess what? It was much easier for her to have those difficult conversations through this process. So that's an important key is, and that was a mental shift for her. And therefore she's willing to work her responsibilities because now she's got a methodology that she can use that's comfortable, doesn't make her stressed, um, makes her more confident, makes her more, uh, more in control. And she's getting the results, much better results with Mm. her team and willing to talk about that, those performance issues that she was ignoring before because she didn't have the skills to talk about it. So that was a huge shift for her. Now, the, the shift, you've talked about it many times. You did uh, other type of training, sales, and right. then you figured out that coaching was the way to go. Now, mm-hmm. are you, when you are interviewing all these other uh, experts at coaching, did they have a similar uh, come to that realization moment? Mm-hmm. Yeah, almost all coaches, if they study this process for a while, recognize that really what you're looking for here is to get that mental shift. You want to get that shift to happen. Mm-hmm. And one of the keys I think is important for managers is I'm looking for managers that have the habit matrix. Uh, they're honest, they're humble, they're authentic, they're vulnerable, they're engaged, which is the HAVE acronym, uh, but okay. also have it, integrity and trust with their people. And for you to be an effective coach, an effective leader, you've got to have it. You've got to have that honesty, that humbleness, that authenticity, that vulnerability, that engagement, that integrity and that trust. And it, once you get that, And then you understand the mental mindsets of the folks that you're working with and what is, in fact, that interference that's occurring with them. What's that one thing that's causing interference? And if you can identify that and diagnose it properly and then work on that and change that mindset, then guess what? You'll make a shift happen. And that's really what we're talking about today is how do you make shift happen? Okay. Hopefully I can say this correctly. Here is your, <laughs> here is your, and we did it for marketing purposes. We we actually wanted to have a little fun with it. So right, shift happens. <laughs> so here is Rory's conversation with Marion Franklin of shift happens. Exactly right. So welcome everyone to Coaching for Potential. Today we are delighted to have back Marion Franklin. She's an MCC. Uh, which is a master certified coach. She is the author of The Heart of Laser Focused Coaching, A Revolutionary Approach to Masterful Coaching. She also has another book that she's written called Life's Little Lessons, and you can get that from her website, lifecoachinggroup.com. So Marion, thank you for being here today on 
Coaching for Potential. Well, thank you, uh, Rory, for the invitation and, and the opportunity to come back again and, and speak with you. It's just a great opportunity. Well, I love it. And I really enjoyed our first one. And I'm delighted to have you back because this time we actually talked about this at the last podcast, which gave us the idea for shift happens. Mm -hmm. And so how do you make people get to shift? And that was one of the things you talked about at the end of the last podcast is, is talking about how to help people create shift as a coach. How do you create, you know, help people create shifts? So I just wanted to, you know, ask you, so how do you help people reach shift or get to that, you know, make that shift happen? Mm -hmm. Well, there, there are lots of parts and pieces. Uh, it doesn't just happen, you know, at the beginning of a conversation. Sure. But I think what, what's really important is in the exploration at the beginning of the conversation is not to get as focused on the agreement, but rather to try to figure out what is really going on. Mm. And when you start to realize what is really going on and then get the agreement, then it becomes the next step is to now look at where is the client stuck? What are they believing is true that really isn't necessarily true? And that's really what we're listening for. Okay. So first of all, all of the questions have to be purely about the person. None of them can be to get more information, to understand the situation, unless it's totally not clear. But in general, people want, oh, tell me more. But you never need more. What you need is to get underneath and figure out what, is, what are they thinking that's keeping them stuck. Most importantly, what is making this a problem for this person? Because the next person wouldn't have this problem. So mm -hmm. what makes it difficult for this person? So what we're really then listening for um, and hopefully distinguishing what's true and what's perception, we're really listening for what I call a leverage point. Mm -hmm. And typically when people are not moving forward, it's because there's fear or and or they have these ideas or thoughts about what they claim they want and they have some negative thoughts that they don't even realize they have. Mm -hmm. So for example, somebody wants to be CEO and keeps getting passed over and when you ask, you know, well, what do you think it's like to be a CEO? And the person says, well, it's kind of lonely because you don't really have people you can really talk to. You're responsible for so much. And they start telling you all these, what I consider kind of negative things. Mm -hmm. And obviously these are underlying things which aren't necessarily the truth, mm -hmm. but because of that, they're not moving forward. So I think um, that's, that's one thing that's important. But also what's really, really important is a, st is a statistic that I kind of, I want to say live by, and that is that 90% of people move away from pain and only 10% move toward pleasure. So what that means is coaches tend to or I say want to motivate people by how great things will be if, you know, you'll, if you lose weight, you can buy new clothes, you can, you know, whatever it is. But the truth is that as human beings, 
for the most part, I would say 90% probably is accurate. Um, we want to move away from pain. I want to stop scrimping so much. I want to be able to make better choices. I, I'm, um, I, I, this job is making me crazy. I need to get out of here. It's usually a negative impetus that's really going to get someone to move. So we are looking for what is their pain point. Hmm. And what happens so often is that they are not aware of just how bad their current situation is. They know it's not good. They know they're complaining and they're not happy. But I think if we can help them, and I will get into how to do that, but if we can help them recognize just how bad the situation really is, then they are motivated to do something differently, even if there's fear. Yeah, that's, that's a great point. They've got to be... Mo- so many people are motivated by fear. It's just a, an incredible motivator for most of us. We're trying to always say, how do we stay safe? How do we stay healthy? How do we not get killed? You know, those are the things that are always in the back of our head. You know, that, that fear of, is that tiger around the corner going to eat us for lunch? That, mm-hmm. that primal, that primal, uh, some people actually call it, there was one guy, it was a coach and I, um, you know, how to overcome the lizard brain, I think is the name of his, co- his book. And, and that's what you're talking about. Those fears are so primal and so, inherently in our system, in our brain that we're always thinking about that. So very, very good. So do you have different methods for helping make shift happen? I just love to say making shift happen. (laughs) (laughs) Sure. Um, Okay. So there are several methods. Okay. Um, So, and, and none not any one of them is better than another. It really does depend on the situation because if a coach picks up on one and then starts using that every time, then it becomes formulaic and that's really not an okay thing. So the first one that I like to talk about is um, the cost. And a lot of people have already asked that question, you know, about the cost or the benefit but I have, I guess, what I'll call a little trick to it. So um, a couple of, I want to say, rules related to it. And so if somebody says, you know, if I share my feelings, he will leave me. And I say, well, what, and, and we've been hearing, you know, all these complaints about how awful the relationship is and all the stuff that goes on, blah, blah, blah. And so I might say, What is it costing you to hold back your feelings in this relationship? And now what I'm going to hear is, well, it's very energy draining. I don't sleep well at night. And and it's going to be what I call a laundry list. Okay. And these are all things that the person is already 100% aware of. There's no new information when they first answer the question. And therefore, the follow-up question, which has to be, again, a full sentence, what else is it costing you to hold back your feelings in this relationship? Now, sometimes what I might do is just actually repeat. So it's costing you energy, sleep, you know, all the different things they said. And then I'll say, and what else is it costing you? 
to hold back your feelings in this relationship. And what that second question does every single time, uh, yeah, there are probably some exceptions, but I'm going to say 99% of the time, it has them get introspective and has them go to a deeper place of what it's really costing them. And so that's definitely um, one method, we'll say. Okay. And then um, that kind of also goes hand in hand with, you know, a kind of what the, the benefit or what's the payoff or what do you get out of doing it? And they always say nothing. And then I'll say, well, I get that you think it's nothing, but yet it's still happening. So there has to be a reason. And, you know, so I kind of do it that way. Okay. Another method that I'm finding is really very effective and um, kind of, I want to say just evolved. And that is, what if you knew? And K-N-E-W. <laughs> and... Um, what happens is somebody will say, well, I just want to get it right. And I might say, well, what if you knew that there was no right? Mm. What would that mean? Or, you know, if they say, I just want to um, figure this out. So I, and what if there is no way to figure it out? Then what? You know, so I'm, I'm taking almost like an opposite. Now I'm not doing it arbitrarily. I'm doing it when they're so stuck because there's something they're really hoping for or wanting that may or may not, it's not really helping them to get what they want. It's actually in their way. You know, like what, how can I make this so perfect? And I'm going to say, well, what if there is no perfect? Now it opens up a whole thing. Yeah. What if there is no perfect? Then what, you know, what's that going to look like? So life, it, it, it looks like life. <laughs> yeah, well, exactly. But I'm just giving that as a, you know, quick example, but the one, what if you knew, um, uh, and, and that goes kind of along with what I call challenge questions. And people um, sometimes will do a challenge question, which is really trying to convince the client of something, but that's not what I mean by it. I mean, um, phrasing something in a way that it really has them thinking. So I had someone who said, you know, when I'm in a group, I stay very quiet because I don't want anyone to think I'm stupid. And, and then I say, well, what if speaking up in the, uh, what if staying quiet in the group implies for other people stupidity, then what would that mean for you? So in other words, I'm pointing out that even though you think it's going one way, I'm saying, Hey, it could just as easily be going the other way. So that's another way. Um, yeah, if I can, if I can jump in here on, sure. on this for a second, this is cause this is fascinating. I actually did a, a podcast probably episode 90, uh, mm -hmm. was called The Gift of Challenge. And it's a story about Shane Badier, and uh, he's an NBA player and is also a premier NCAA uh, player, played for Duke, played for the legendary Coach K. And he was being recruited by everybody in the country because he was just, he was the man to have on your, on your team that year, uh, leaving high school, coming to college. Mm -hmm. And so he had been so touted and every coach had said, you're going to start and all of this. And so when coach K interviewed him and was talking to him and his family, uh, he said, well, coach, everybody else has promised me I'm going to start. How am I going to, you know, am I going to start it at uh, Duke? And he says, well, 
you know, we really don't do it that way um, at Duke. We really we let the best players, you know, the, the team knows who the best five players are to start. They know that. And people have got to earn that. Uh, so really my question to you is, do you have the mental toughness to accept that challenge? And that's one of my favorite challenge questions that I've ever heard is, you know, do you have the mental toughness to, to accept that challenge? The I, I see that you're, I see that you're uh, going, oh my God, that the, you know, the, 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 I see the, the lights go on on the, you know, so <laughs> go ahead, give me your perspective on it. Well, the problem is it's a yes, no question. Mm. Mm. And so I guess, you know, for me, it would probably be better like, you know, what would it be like if you had the mental challenge to, you know, mm. or something like that? Because you see, the person could just simply say, no, I don't think I have it. And then mm-hmm. what, you know, and then there's no, there's no thinking really involved. Mm-hmm. There's no, you're not getting any information. So mm-hmm. I always think the questions have to be open to get information. So, yeah. So then coach K might say, okay, I understand that other schools do that. Tell me about a time that was challenging, that was difficult, that you weren't guaranteed to do that. And how did you overcome that challenge? How did you overcome the the fact that you weren't getting the guarantee? Is that more what you're looking for? It's not my favorite to go Mm -hmm. back to, you know, I I hear that a lot as a Mm -hmm. fallback question. Mm -hmm. Um, I just, you know, what 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 do you think it looks like when a person um, can really accept a challenge and mm. go for it? Mm. Something like that, right? And there's deeper thinking with that. Mm-hmm. You yeah, know, what because they- if they just repeating some challenge they got through, they already know that. They know mm-hmm. what they. It's it that becomes more for the coach, right? That's at least how I hear it. No, and, and actually, you've got a great point because when Coach K is interviewing him, he's trying to, to determine, is this the kind of player I want? Kind of a yes or no yeah. question. Mm-hmm. Is this the guy that's kind of the mental toughness to do that? And clearly, he, he liked the idea that Coach K challenged him, and that's why he chose Duke over other schools who said, you're going to be guaranteed because he really got a sense that Coach K is going to challenge him at that higher level. But mm-hmm. I like the perspective from your point, what you're saying as a coach, the thing is to ask the question from tell me what are the characteristics of someone who overcomes a difficult challenge? What are their, what are their, what's that inner thing that makes them overcome it? What do mm-hmm. they do mentally? What do they do physically? How do they deal with it when it looks hopeless? What, what are those challenges? Tell me about something like that. And then that's where you get into what's really driving that individual. And then mm-hmm. to see if that's something that you want down the road, if I'm right. hearing you correctly. Yeah, I think that's, that's probably true. And I like, I, I'm glad that you refined it. That's a great point. And, I'm good. Uh, and, and I was concerned there that you go, I'm just done with this interview. That was a terrible question. I'm out of here. <laughs> so I saw you get no. up and move across the room. And I go, oh my God, it's over. Marion's done with me. She's, she, she thinks that question is pure shift. <laughs> <laughs> now, actually, I, you know, I've gotten kind of used to just from the mentor groups, um, it's just helping people tweak their questions to make them better. Mm-hmm. That's all. Make them stronger. Make them get better information from the client. So, And so what are some additional ways that you can make shift happen? Well, you can remove the obstacle, which means whatever they think is in their way, take it out. So I had a person who said, you know, I'm working. I, I want to really work on getting my business going, but I have so many doctor appointments. And I said, well, 
what if you didn't have any doctor appointments? What would be different? And that's when she realized, oh, you know, I'm not sure I really want to work on my business. I'm kind of putting it off. Or now during COVID, which is so cool when somebody says, well, you know, I'm beginning to realize that now I suddenly have the time and I'm still not doing X. You know, people are realizing that they, because whatever they think is the obstacle is typically an excuse. Mm. So that's another way. Um, Listening, obviously, for a disconnect or a discrepancy. You know, like I hear it so often at the beginning of a conversation, something is just so horrendous and so horrible. and, And my boss is just, he's just disgusting and he blah, blah, blah. And then as we move through the conversation, it's like, well, you know, he really isn't that bad. And then I'm like, wait a second, this doesn't make sense. He was so awful and now suddenly he's not so bad. (laughs) Because it usually means that I have to face something I'm doing or it means um, something has to change or shift or, you know, so that's something. And then the other thing I do, um, which is really paint the picture. So um, I had someone who who said, you know, well, I'm just going to stop eating French fries. I mean, I know that's going to help me lose weight and I'll be able to do that. And I said, okay, so let's suppose you're at um, you're out for dinner with a whole bunch of friends and every friend orders French fries. In fact, they even order extra for the middle of the table so everyone can share. And the smell is wafting and you're just looking at everyone chomping on these French fries. What do you think is going to happen? <laughs> and so it wakes them up to, yeah, that wasn't, that was just a strategy and it's really not going to hold. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's the key. Uh, that is a key. That's excellent. So the next question I've got for you. So what mistakes do coaches make or in trying to make shift happen and they miss the mark? So what are their <laughs> typical mistakes? Well, I think first of all, for the most part, a lot of coaches don't know how to make it happen. Mm. So they don't know what they're listening for. So first we're listening to determine, as I had said earlier, what's truth and what's perception versus just buying into whatever the client says, because they're saying it from their filter through their uh, perspective. And that doesn't mean that it's the truth. Right. You know, so so I think part of it is what to listen for. And I'm not sure that, you know, that's always the case. And then if they do hear something that doesn't make sense or sounds like it might be off, I'm not sure they that, you know, it's it's that they really understand the mechanics of exactly how to make the shift happen. So Mm -hmm. a lot of times it happens, but I don't think if we went back and said, how did that work? That somebody could really explain, you know, how that happened. Okay. Excellent. Love it. So let's say that you work with somebody and give me a, just a a common shift that occurs with somebody off the top of your head. And so then we'll use that as to crux or the transition to the next question. So what's a, a typical shift that you see happen? Well, now that I've reached this point, I realize that I do need to move back to uh, where my other place that I I was avoiding doing. Okay. So somebody says, okay, I live here, but really what's driving me is I want to be closer to my family, I want to be closer to my home. Right, exactly. I need to make that change. So they, 
they come to that realization, they went somewhere for a reason and now they need to go mm -hmm. back. Okay. Mm -hmm. So they've made the mental shift, but they haven't done anything. So the shift happens. Now what? Well, typically, um, part of the shift is what they're going to do now that they realize X, Y, Z. So in this case, I know now that I have to move back. That's the action already mm -hmm. built in. It should mm -hmm. be organically built in. Okay. And then that's the clue that we want to help the, you know, recognize it. So it seems like something is different for you at this point. And that's when I do what I call looping. So at the beginning of our conversation, we were talking about, how, you know, making this choice between staying here or moving away. And, and there was just no clarity on that. Where are things at this point? So that looping is really um, not meaning it's the end, but it's a barometer. It's now for me to feel out just how far have we come in the conversation? Is the client uh, really shifted in their perspective or is there still more we need to do? And even just last night, I had asked that question and then I realized there's still more. There was still something, it wasn't totally solid. So we had to keep going. And then again, when we kept going and it sounded much more now, like now we've reached someplace, then it could be again. So where are things now? So it's a great way to check in and demonstrate partnership with the client. And, and what you're saying here is when you really get to that shift and they're really committed to it, you should hear a level of commitment that's way beyond, you know, when you start the conversation, right. I don't know. There should be, yeah, I need to do this, this, and this. Is it the time frame? I need to start looking for a job. So they almost start outlining the steps of doing the process. Exactly. Exactly. Right? There's, a, there's a real conviction now and, okay. and the motivation is there. Yeah. Okay. Excellent. Love it, love it, love it. Um, so what happens if there's no, what happen, what if no shift happens? All right. Well, that does um, happen if the conversation hasn't really gone deep enough. Mm. And then the, um, the, the problem I want to say, what, what I often hear is it, then the action becomes such a focus and it gets very parental. Okay. And it almost sounds like, hey, listen, you didn't have a shift, but I need you to do something this week because that's my job here, you know, or that's what I hear. And so then it becomes like the parent telling the child, hey, listen, you're going to have to do some homework and let's make sure that you're going to do this homework. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, that when the shift happens, if it does happen, it really means the conversation has to start to end. There's no doubt. It has to now end. You can't start asking more questions. But when there is no shift, and then I can hear the panic in coaches, oh my God, there's been no shift. But what a lot of times coaches don't realize, first of all, shifts can happen between sessions. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of times awareness is created during a session. It's just not big, obvious awareness. Mm -hmm. um, so I think the best thing to do is be a partner and just simply say to the client, at this point, what do you think would be helpful mm -hmm. to move forward? 
with whatever it is, with this decision, or what do you think would help you to move forward with whatever? And that way, you're now collaborating on how to, they can choose how they want to move forward. And then you can help them with support in terms of, you know, is there somebody or something that you think might be helpful for you as you now plan this or now do that or whatever. Mm -hmm. So, um, so it's not dramatically different in terms of the ending part. Uh, it's because it, the difference is that now you do have to focus on how they're going to move forward because there hasn't been a shift, but the basics sound very similar. Yeah. I, I really like that concept because I use it quite a bit is when I see some resistance or I see some challenges, I'll say, you know, let's put this on the back burner what do you want to do between now and then to evaluate this, look at it, you know, what's your perception of it? And then let's come back and revisit it. Would that work for you? That, that kind of approach. Yeah. So you have to be careful though about let's revisit because that becomes your agenda. Mm. So you have to just say, um, you know, if at any point, you want to bring it up again or just leave mm -hmm. it open or don't even say anything because as soon as you say, let's revisit, then you're saying I'm in charge now and I'm right. telling you we should come back to this. So you want to kind of avoid that. Okay. That's an excellent point. Great observation on your behalf. So excellent. Um, so is there any other things you want to add about shift before we wrap up any last shift happens thoughts. <laughs> I think that one of the really most important ones is I was saying briefly before is that if somebody has a shift, I know it's hard for people to understand that the client has been through a lot of mental energy to get there mm -hmm. and they need to stop. They are cooked, fried and done as I like to say. And to start asking more open questions just doesn't work because now you're taking them out of their emotional place. You're putting them back in their head and it's kind of ruining the moment, I want to say. So I think the really important thing is to hear the shift, find out where they are, find out perhaps what they've learned about themselves, and then get into um, how they want to move forward mm -hmm. and then close down, you know, is this a good place for us to end? Mm -hmm. um, because otherwise I hear people still bringing up questions and I can hear the energy completely change from that client. Excellent point. Very, very great point. So um, how do people get your books? Uh, you've got the two books, The Heart of Laser Focus Coaching, A Revolutionary Approach to Masterful Coaching and Life's Little Lessons. So how's the best way for them to get uh, those books? Uh, the Heart of Laser Focus Coaching is on Amazon in uh, paperback, Kindle, and audiobook. And Life's Little Lesson, well, it's on Amazon, but it's, you can get it through Barnes & Noble or any uh, okay. you know, seller. And, um, and the Audible is through um, Amazon and or through Audible or iTunes. Okay. And Life's Little Lessons is through my website, lifecoachinggroup.com. Lifecoachinggroup.com. Well, Marion, it has been my pleasure to have you on again. I enjoyed it so much the first time I wanted to have you back. So thank you very much for being on 
coaching for potential. This was Marion Franklin. And Marion, thank you very much for being here. Oh, thank you, Rory. It's really been a pleasure. That was Rory's conversation with Marion Franklin. And that was some good shift. <laughs> Is that okay? <laughs> I'm going to get in trouble uh, with yeah. my clients. I hope I don't get in trouble with my clients. I'll yeah. run it by a couple of them and ask them what their opinion is. Okay. But um, no, she's got, she's just got a great mindset of a process, you know, in her book of how to help people go through shifts. And we've got to really understand their mindset, what's going on with them, what's holding them back, what's that interference. And then if we can diagnose that interference effectively and then really help that person work through it, then we can be absolutely terrific coaches. Mm -hmm. And she has a great model for that, a great methodology. So it's a great tool. And that's why I wanted to share this is so people can actually use that methodology so they can allow shifts to occur or they can really get that that remarkable results in their performance because when you have a shift it's just not an incremental growth it's a dramatic change it's a shift it's it's you know it's almost like an earthquake the world is different now mm -hmm. because they now see the world from a different perspective they're able to identify that thing that's holding them back that's wonderful um if people wanted to get some shift from you <laughs> how how do they how do they contact you and mm -hmm. get you engaged to uh, help them with their path. Absolutely. Uh, they can get a hold of me at RoyRoland.com, uh, or they can also, anybody who sends me an email today that listens to this program, I will send you a, well, actually, I'm just going to do one. So we're going to only offering one version per day, uh, and that is a free scholarship to Coaching Managed University. It's my 52-module online program, so they can learn how to make shifts occur in their business. And uh, some big announcement on that. I have completed the program, ladies and gentlemen. I've gone through all 52 modules. I guess, in a way, that makes me a hero. But I can, I can tell you, folks, it's real easy to use. It's very good content. Those of you that listen to this um, podcast will, will know it. We'll see the... Uh, the consistency that Rory has and those same principles in there, but it's, it's worth your time. You feel good after you did it and mm -hmm. it really uh, beefs up your uh, knowledge of coaching. So thank you for that, uh, for that program. I really do encourage everyone to try to go through it because you know, a lot of times I hope I'm not talking too long on this Rory, but a lot of times yeah. training programs can be, uh, you know, you gotta be away from work and all this stuff, but this is easy, simple, bite-sized modules that you can um, shift every week if you want to. That's exactly right. And you just, uh, and that's why we designed it. It's, it was, I think each module is about 15 or 10 or 15 minutes long, not difficult, mm -hmm. but you get an important coaching concept in each one of them. Uh, the importance of listening, the importance of asking questions, the importance of making your questions short, uh, questions as quick as what did you learn uh, right. from this process? Right. Uh, you, what did you learn from working with this client? So, you know, what did you learn from that employee? So these are all great ideas to allow you to really grow as a manager, to have more confidence, to be in more control, and to have your people grow and progress. And when your people grow and progress, I will honestly, senior leaders see that. And when you help your people grow, they see that. And guess what? It, it helps your career grow. Yeah. So I love the, uh, the Coaching Managed University. It's a great tool. I am so delighted, my friend, that you've completed it. And so it rocks, man. We're, yeah. we're good. So there you go, folks. I just add that to my resume and I will. So thank you Absolutely. very much 
for that. You'll get a certificate of completion because uh, you know you've you've gone through the program, get the certification, How about that, and folks? then away you go. There you go, folks. How about that? So I really encourage everyone to check that out. Mm-hmm. So uh, thank you very much, Rory. It is my pleasure. And also, don't you want to mention something on iTunes? Yes. Please check us out on iTunes. It's Apple Podcast. There's a place where you can click five star. We want mm-hmm. that. Also, we want to hear your feedback. So there's a place you can put a feedback there. If you uh, want to tell the world how much you love it, we would appreciate that. If you want to give us other feedback on um, how to improve the program or how your coaching journey is going, we also want to hear some of those things as well. So mm-hmm. um, check that out. Very good. Thank you, Paul. All right. Thank you. We'll see you next time. You bet, my friend. Have a great one. Thanks for listening to Coaching for Potential with Rory Rowland. Join us next time for another discussion about the power of coaching. This has been a KCTK production produced by Paul Lavoda and Rory Rowland. For more information and content, visit RoryRowland.com.